The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So what we're doing this week is looking at mindfulness of emotions and doing so by looking at uh, our emotional life through the the four perspectives that the Buddha gave for the practice of mindfulness. Some people have called it the four frames of reference upon which to look at our experience. And for this week, the experience is emotions. And um, the first uh, of these frames of references is um, the body, breathing in the body, and to be centered in the bodily and embodied experience, somatic experience of emotions. To have that as a skill, as a capacity, as a, as a habit, uh, gives us tremendous amount of information about how we're feeling that's not really so readily available for just thinking about it or in the stories, the ideas of what's happening. It's also a way of helping the whole psychosomatic system we have to process emotions and to let them be free within us. And this great beauty, this great power of allowing our emotions to live freely within us and let them unfold and move without giving in to them and also maybe without expressing them, which means a kind of involvement with them, but let them express themselves. And one of the great places to do that is in meditation. Uh, you know, it's kind of, you, you, don't, you know, you're sitting still, you're not going to move, and, um, but you allow it to move course through you freely. To do this, it helps if we can do it with some equanimity, meaning that uh, we don't get pulled into our preferences, our likes and dislikes, uh, how what we take pleasure in and don't take pleasure in, and uh, our wants and not wants, uh, because that kind of complicates situation. But to just uh, give it the emotion freedom, and then to uh, feel it more fully. To find that equanimity or find that freedom, one of the most significant teachings the Buddha gave about mindfulness and the path to freedom is to bring mindfulness, awareness, to feelings. Now in English, it's very, I think that if we can't, it's difficult to really define what an emotion is in English. I think it's even more difficult, feelings. Um, Some people see them as synonymous Feelings are more the subjective experience of how an experience is perceived or taken in or processed or something. When the Buddha focused on mindfulness, uh, he focused our attention on particular aspects of feeling, the subjective experience, and that is the feelings that are either pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant or unpleasant. Now this can be quite uh, boring and even off-putting to hear a teacher just go through that list. Uh, But uh, it turns out that a tremendous amount of human activity, human motivation, what we do and respond and react to the world is based on whether, uh, based on some way or other with whether things are pleasant, unpleasant, or neither pleasant or unpleasant. Whether they, we perceive them or hope them when, hope that they'll be pleasant or we're afraid they're gonna be unpleasant. And this movement for and against pleasant and unpleasant is um, part of, uh, uh, is a, uh, to see that and understand that and become free of it uh, allows the emotional life to have a freedom that it can't have 
if we're for and against things. And um, now some emotions arise because we're for and against things. So that makes it very interesting as well. And um, But uh, a lot of the afflictive emotions in Buddhism, some people in Buddhists will make distinction between afflictive mo- emotions and beneficial emotions. And afflictive ones are hurt. They're ouch. I kind of think of the... It, kind of the same distinction is between surface emotions and emotions that are well up from deep inside. And the afflictive ones for me are more surface. They're more react- reactive to things. And the deeper ones are not reactive but are a wellspring of kind of the goodness within us that has a chance to arise. But uh, And so the Buddha talks about uh, pay attention to what he calls Vedana, V-E-D-A-N-A, and uh, it's usually translated as feeling, and which is probably accurate enough, provided that in the instructions for mindfulness, we understand it's a particular aspects of feelings, emphasizing pleasant, unpleasant, and other pleasant or unpleasant. Because it's subjective experience, it's not exactly inherent only in the experience that it's pleasant or unpleasant, um, but it also has to do with the how we are in relationship to it, how we evaluate it. The same physical experience can be evaluated as pleasant or unpleasant depending on the judgments we have, the associations we have, the memories we have. And uh, I've had, uh, I saw this very clearly when I lived in Davis, California, when the winter time there was a very cold Thule fog. Very, I used to bike to school with my without any gloves and by the time I came to class I couldn't hold a pencil or pen to take notes my hands were so frozen and so it, it was bitingly cold and one day I was biking feeling that cold and I remember that as a kid I used to go skiing a few times and I had exactly the same feeling in my, in my fingers but it was exhilarating biking in, uh, to college was, was uh, you know I kind of felt pity for myself and felt oh poor me and I could see how much the same sensation was evaluated differently and was experienced as pleasant and unpleasant depending on that evaluation. Um, so this idea of pleasant and unpleasant being purely in the experience uh, is not quite right. So this word Vedana being subjective uh, also a little bit has association of, some people actually translate it this way as liking and not liking. And that to me seems a little bit too far but uh, away from pleasant and unpleasant. But something that maybe is between those two is the idea of taking pleasure or not taking ple- taking displeasure. And the idea of taking means we're doing something. It's, we're not completely innocent with experiencing even physical pain or, or what physical, what we take as being pleasure. We have some involvement with it and engagement and, and uh, savoring it or resisting it or doing something. And... Uh, <clears throat> but regardless of how it is, uh, many times our behavior is motivated by the pursuit of pleasure and displeasure. And it's a little bit humbling, maybe sometimes a little embarrassing, to realize that various, very sophisticated people with sophisticated philosophies of politics or life or whatever, it turns out if you trace back the origin of their whole reason why they do anything is because there's something or other they took pleasure in or took displeasure in, some pleasant or unpleasantness. It's a, a little bit humbling how that's really at the root or at the fulcrum 
of so much that can be seem quite sophisticated or not. And, um, and so to look at where, so when we have emotions, there's a number of things to do with this. One is the emotions themselves can be pleasant or unpleasant. And if you want to let the emotions be free when we're meditating, the great laboratory for this exploration, uh, you want to um, just allow the, the pleasant, unpleasant of it, of it just to be there. No problem with it, but no leaning for or leaning away. Uh, we're not really free, as I like to say, if um, we're only free when we're comfortable. We're really free when we learn how to be free when things are uncomfortable. And we learned how to be free when things are pleasant and nice. Um, real freedom, not the freedom of kind of just, oh boy, I get to kind of just ride the ride and enjoy this. And so to really begin studying the emotion, is it pleasant or unpleasant, and how can I be free and balanced with it? Does the emotion arise because I'm relating to something as pleasant and unpleasant? Uh, I like it, I don't like it. And, um, and uh, it's very fascinating to do this because when we start tracing it back to where we're taking pleasure and displeasure, we find out that it might be different than what we thought. So uh, just to make up a silly example, uh, maybe um, I take pleasure in uh, spinach, spinach uh, smoothies. And, um, but actually, it doesn't actually taste that good. And, but I, I say, oh, I really enjoy t- my spinach smoothies. But then if I look and see where's the pleasure in the spinach smoothies, it turns out that it's, um, the pleasure is, I have this idea that if I eat spinach sm- s- uh, smoothies, um, I'll be healthier. And if I'm healthier, I'll be able to lose weight. And this idea of losing weight, that's where the pleasure is. And I take pleasure in the idea that I might someday lose weight. So where is the pleasure and displeasure? Uh, it could be that uh, you have to go on a long trip and you really don't want to go on the trip. But you ask, where is the pleasure and displeasure? And it turns out that the long drive, what you find really unpleasant about it is the problem of where to stop to go pee. And the driving seems okay, it's whatever. Um, but to identify where is the pleasure, what specifically is the pleasant and unpleasant around the emotion. Um, finally, the Buddha made a distinction between two general forms of this subjective experience of pleasant and unpleasant. And one is what I call the surface, and the other is what I call what wells up within. He called it uh, of the flesh and that of not of the flesh. So that which has to do with our reaction to things, the world does things, and we react to it, uh, it gets cold, and we react with displeasure around it being cold, it's unpleasant. We react, it's nice and comfortable at temperature, and we react positively, we want more warmth or enjoy it. And that would be of the flesh, that's more of the surface. Someone calls us a ugly name, and that's very unpleasant. And uh, don't deny it, but it's a little bit. Of, some of the reactions can be more on the surface. What's in the well springs deep inside? The pleasantness that wells up from inside of compassion, of peace, of calm, 
of joy, uh, uh, emotions and feelings that are not in response or in reactivity to what goes on in the world, but are really coming from being settled and calm and open and free. And we discover that it's possible to have peace within, calm within, joy within, while the circumstances around us are unpleasant. And when we see that difference, it's freeing. Because many people, they don't see that difference. And so when things are unpleasant in the world, it's almost like they are unpleasant. Personally, they are, but the, everything's defined that way. Everything's seen and understood, and we identify so closely with it. When we realize it's more just surface of circumstances, and inside there's wellsprings of peace and joy and love, compassion that is there, then we can experience the unpleasant situation and not be identified with it. We don't become the displeasure. So this is a very important uh, teachings around emotions is to really start looking at the, the pleasant, the unpleasantness, the pleasure, taking pleasure, not taking pleasure, where is that working? And, um, and as we get more settled and less pulled into that world of reactivity, to also notice there's a different kind of pleasantness, the pleasantness of the inner wellspring of our goodness. So thank you. And... Um, I look forward to uh, continuing this tomorrow.